correct me if I'm wrong, but were you, you were a part of one of the top three teams in the world. Yes, it was crazy. And I started out in middle school and my teammates were seniors in high school and going off to college. <laughs> they just took us under their wing and really like looked at after us and took care of us. And it was great. It was weird though, just being so young. I think the first year I was on the team, I didn't truly understand how insane it was to be yeah. on that team because I was like, oh, I'm on this team now. Yay. You know, um, not realizing that this is people's biggest dreams. excited to welcome a world champion athlete to the Athletes Doing Good podcast. I've been following this young woman's profound journey and thankful to have our mutual friend, David Vibora, with Adaptive Training Foundation introduce us. We're honored to welcome Miss Michaela Noble. Hello. Welcome. Thanks oh, for being so nice. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm we're so, so excited. excited. So you started this sport cheer when you were just 10 years old. Where yes. did where did your passion for cheer come from? I started in gymnastics like a lot of young girls, I think. Um, I did all the sports and any sport with a ball, I was not very good at. <laughs> so I asked to join gymnastics and I only liked the tumbling part of it. So my parents quickly realized that's cheerleading. Uh, so I joined a small gym in Indianapolis, Indiana, which is where I was born and raised. Um, super small gym. Uh, the high school cheer coach was like the owner of the gym. So I started cheer there um, and then moved to Dallas a few years after that. That's awesome. So yeah. when you moved, when your family moved to Dallas, you joined what I read, Cheer Athletics in Plano. Yes. Um, and it was the Cheetahs. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. That's the name. <laughs> um, and so tell us a little bit about like, cheer in texas because everything we see everything we read i mean texas is bigger with everything so i'm assuming yes. same with the cheer yes absolutely um cheerleading is like a whole different world than a lot of other sports um it's a smaller you know sport so the higher you get like the on the levels the higher you get the more people you kind of know and connect with um, so the level that Cheetahs is at and that I was quickly on um, is the highest level that you can get. It's where all the collegiate athletes are um, and you're kind of brought into the spotlight on social media and in the sport um, quickly. I joined that team when I was 12. So it was a whirlwind of emotions and everything being on that team because I didn't even try out for that team. Um, nice. I tried out for a team a level lower and I didn't even know if I was good enough to make that level. Um, so it was a complete shock when I made um, that team, but the coaches just saw a lot of potential in me um, and thought I was ready for the team and ready to grow and take that big step. So cheerleading is huge and it's gaining popularity all over the world. Um, they're starting to put it in the Olympics, which is super exciting. Um, and I'm so fortunate that in Dallas, um, Cheer Athletics is one of the biggest gyms in the world. Um, and the Dallas location is the biggest and the best one. So it's um, such a blessing to live 25, 45 minutes from it 
um, which is not that far of a drive, you know. So um, I grew up at that gym from ages uh, 12 to 17, you know. Um, grew up amongst a lot of older collegiate athletes being my teammates, um, which is a unique dynamic that a lot of people don't get. Um, we actually housed some of the collegiate athletes during the season too. So we just had people in and out of the house from the gym. Um, and it just became an extended family for me. I think from, we had cheerleaders in our family and okay. I don't think people truly understand. Mm -mm. Right. She's like, mm -mm, nope. <laughs> truly understand the grit, um, the tenacity, the strength. I mean, there's so much, there's so much that goes into it. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a completely different world. And you know, when you think of cheerleading, you think of bring it on or um, sideline cheerleading, which I did that too. And I loved it. But competitive cheerleading is a whole different world that a lot of people have no idea about. Yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong, but were you, you were a part of one of the top three teams in the world yes i mean yeah. what is that level of competition like that's crazy that's like best of the crazy best. yes it was crazy um again when i started i was in middle school and my teammates were seniors in high school and going off to college <laughs> and in college so it was just so weird and it could have gone so many wrong ways but um i was amongst a couple other young girls that were the flyers obviously and um they just took us under their wing and really like looked at after us and took care of us. And it was great. Um, it was weird though, just being so young. I think the first year I was on the team, I didn't truly understand. I think I was just so young too. I didn't truly understand how insane it was to be yeah. on that team because I was like, oh, I'm on this team now. Yay. You <laughs> know, um, not realizing that this is people's biggest dreams to be on this team or just at this level. Um, it's amazing. It's crazy to look back on. I'm watching some of the videos that you've posted on your social channels. It's amazing. Um, ridiculous. Yeah, I don't know how, I don't yeah. know how we do it. <laughs> yes. I don't either. I don't either. But I think for you, um, you know, if people don't know your story, take us back to September 20th of 2021. You know, here you are coming off of these great accomplishments. Um, fast forward to that day and and walk us through what, you know, what happened, what you remember, how you felt. Yeah, I remember everything, which is crazy um, because a lot of people that are in traumatic events, you know, kind of block out that period, your body does it or um, medicines and everything does, but I remember everything, which is crazy. So September 20th, 2021, I was in high school still, and I did school cheer. Like I said earlier, um, I did it for fun just to be a part of something in high school, you know, and a lot of my friends from cheer athletics, the gym and other gyms around us, um, also did competitive cheer. So we had a really good, com um, school cheer team, sorry. And so we had an outside practice, um, like we scheduled a practice, just us kids, because it was the week of homecoming. Um, and so we have like in our small town, the like homecoming is super big. And we have like a huge pep rally and like a parade through the city. It's 
adorable it's something like out of a movie yes it's so it's something that like you always look forward to um throughout the year and especially like back to school so we decided that we were just going to schedule an extra practice because we needed to get in um some time to work on the dance because the senior cheerleaders dance with the senior football players which is super cute we like the boys wear their jerseys and jeans and cowboy boots and then us girls wear our uniforms and cowgirl boots it's adorable exactly what you think of like a little texas town do your uniforms have cowboy boots no they don't okay but (laughs) but but during um homecoming we'd get to dance with them so it's something we always look forward to so yes so we had an outdoor practice and it was in someone's backyard um and we were teaching the boys the dance you know just going through it and everything and then there was a part of the dance where we could do like little tricks with our partners um and so we were like going through different things showing people like ideas of what they could do um and so me and one of my girlfriends who um i've grown up with you know and we've been friends forever and is such an amazing cheerleader um we're just showing people things that they could do um and her and i went to do a flip to show the boys what to do it was again super easy flip i talk about it all the time and i don't mind sharing about what happened because it was an accident you know Mm -hmm. we are all highly trained and it was an accident that's what it was so um i'm sure you guys have seen this flip and people have seen it all all over but it's where someone puts their um foot in the other person's hands and i would like put my hands on her shoulders um and i do like a backflip and she uses my leg to push off um, and give extra effort. So a lot of people do it if you can't do like a back tuck or a back flip or whatever. Um, And a lot of boys were doing it. It's again, a normal flip, which is crazy. Um, And sometimes frustrating, obviously. Everything you you did. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that was something that was difficult too. It's because of the level that I was at and the things that I was doing it wasn't that that got me injured. It was a simple flip in a backyard doing school cheer stuff that made me paralyzed from the chest down. So that there's been some difficult times with that, obviously. Um, but the story is so much bigger than just what happened, you know. Right. So love that you recognize that at your age. Thank you. It obviously took a lot of time, but I'm at a really good place now. Um, We're getting close to two years coming up on it, Um, but I'm in a really good place now. And really throughout the whole journey, I haven't had to struggle as a lot of people in my situation has because I've had such amazing community and my family and friends are just God heaven sent. They're Mm -hmm. amazing. and I've really just had a whole huge group of people just rally around me and really love on me and take care of me. So I'm super grateful for that. I think from, you know, from me outside looking in, right? Um, yeah. I, my dad went through, um, he had an allergic reaction to um, a med and ended up having to have a double amputation of uh, wow. both, both of his legs below. And and seeing the tenacity and the determination that he had to be able to eventually walk with prosthetics and 
then being able to utilize that as part of part of his story to be able to give back to others to be I you know love to, that. to be that um he always called himself the guinea pig he was the amputee guinea pig that went to all of you know the pt area pts um and so this the pt students could learn how to work, work with amputees but that's amazing. As, as an outsider watching your story like I couldn't help but relate relate it to my dad and being like, man, this girl, like she just has grit. She has guts. She has determination. And she is going to utilize what happened to her to impact others. Thank you so much. That means everything to me. It's it's something so much greater than, you know, a sport or an accident. Um you know, as hard as difficult as it is, I wouldn't go back and change it. Mm-hmm. Just hearing stories from you and people online and running into people in the grocery store if I'm traveling. It's it's moments like that where in my hard times I think back on, you know, and just realize this is God's plan for my life and it's so much greater than me going to cheer in college and then and my cheerleading career after that and go on. I guess what we you would consider a regular life. I'm living a completely different life than I imagined or hoped for myself, you know, but mm. I'm, I I love my life. I love that. It's so, Thanks. so crazy when you look back at what you thought that you were going to do at some point or have these goals and you have your like own personal vision for your life. Right. Absolutely. And it's crazy yeah. when sometimes your faith, you speak about a lot, God comes in and he slaps something in your face. You have a whole new plan, a whole new journey. A lot of times so much greater than we can imagine ourselves. Tell me a little bit about what faith and your community of supporters means to you and your healing journey. How has that helped you get to where you are? Yeah, my relationship with God has been all the difference. Um, I've always grown up a Christian and believed in God, but I think I took that relationship into my own hands um, the summer before my accident, which is just crazy looking at it all now. Um, I got baptized and really started reading the Bible by myself and talking to God and understanding everything. Um, Reason for everything. A couple months, a couple months before my accident. So I was fully rooted in my faith before. And I think the most on fire for the Lord I'd ever been, um, which again, God was preparing me for what was about to happen. Um, and I, I talked about this before, but when my accident happened, like the moment it happened and I hit the ground and I realized I wasn't able to move, I had such the sense of peace, which is incomprehensible wow. um, to even me, I guess. But I didn't try to move. I didn't cry. I didn't scream. I didn't yell. I, I laid there and just was kind of obviously in shock, but was talking to people normally in my normal voice um, and was calm all the way, I think for over an hour. It wasn't until the uh, ambulance when I cried because my mom was in there and uh, the firefighters were in there and everything. And I cried because I had a big test the following day and they didn't understand how scary my college professor was. (laughs) Yeah. And they're like, Michaela, like, it's okay. Like, 
he's gonna understand and I'm like no you don't understand because this was my first college class I was taking so yeah. I was obviously taking it very seriously and I was like we have four tests a year and I'm missing the first one like he's like he doesn't care how sick we are what's happening like we have to be there and they're like that was your focal like, point <laughs> yeah and so I started crying about that and again I it's so silly now but I like was getting really upset. Not the fact that I couldn't feel my toes. Oh, I couldn't feel my tummy. Like I couldn't feel anything. I couldn't move my arms. Not that I was in so much pain. It was that I had to test the following day. And the professor did not care. <laughs> well, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Yes. But you know what? It's one of those moments that like maybe the that was what you were concerned about for you to be able to laugh later yeah you know mm -hmm. like of all the things for you to worry about like that that was it the least important right worry Correct. that should have been on my mind yes without a doubt without a doubt share a little bit about um we watched you with the low sister conference with sadie robertson yes um, and just speaking about finding hope you know in the midst of hardships i think First, what is it like being on a stage with that many people um, and sharing sharing that message? But can you tell our listeners a little bit about that, that message of finding hope in the midst of hardship? Public speaking is exactly how it is and how you think it is. It's very nerve-wracking and scary. And when people ask me, do I enjoy it? It's kind of a hesitant response because... I don't enjoy it because it gets me really nervous and scared. But again, it's the it's the after effects and what people come to me with after that. I'm like, okay, it's worth it. Um, and it's good to face your fears. And again, I'm an adrenaline junkie, so I love it. The fact after, but um, being on stage with Sadie is just it was an amazing opportunity, and um, I'm so excited I get to go again and speak again this year in a it's couple amazing. months um i'm really excited about it but sadie's been someone i've looked up to since i was young so first off for her to even know of me and then to consider me a friend and ask to be on stage with her was just a dream come true um sharing my hope hasn't really been a struggle of mine um i did social media again with the cheerleading following um, I had done social media before and um, made content before. I'm a very open person, I guess. I'm not scared um, of people knowing what's going on with me. Um, but vulnerability about my emotions and my mental health was something that I like locked away and put the key and threw the key away. So mm -hmm. when my accident happened, I knew I wanted to share my journey um, because there was, first off, there's 30 kids at that house when my accident first happened. And you know, when anything happens, everybody's gonna go on their phones and probably post about it on their social media or text people or post about it on their private stories. So I knew that the word would get out. Um, and thankfully I have a lot of people that love and care for me. and obviously wanted to be updated and know what's going on. Um, and I knew it was a very big and long 
recovery journey. Um, so I asked my mom to take pictures and videos and keep people updated. So my mom created a Facebook page, mm -hmm. um, originally just for friends and family, you know, when something like this happens, the last thing you want to be doing is going through your phone and contacts and texting everybody individually. Um, and when a lot of these things happen, people make, uh, pages like that. So she created a page just to keep friends and family. Is you. that, that is, is that, that's yeah. a yeah that's so funny yeah um yeah it's again it started out friends and family um and then a lot of people in the town found out about it again because it was homecoming week um our town is small yet very very large um <laughs> i live in the north dallas area i live in prosper but it's close to frisco and frisco is the i think the biggest growing city in all of the u.s just so many corporations and people are moving um, to Dallas. So we, they, their little saying is small town, but big heart. Um, and it's definitely that. So the whole community kind of rallied around me in that page and followed me throughout that. Um, and then people, and then the cheerleading community found out about it, competitive cheer. And as y'all know, anything with social media, it spreads like wildfire very fast. Um, so there was um, like GoFundMe and then my family was very active about me posting on the social media because I wanted it to be. My mom hates social media. So it <laughs> well, took everything in that. her. Yeah, she it took everything that. in her to do it. I was like, please, like, I, I don't know why, but like, I want, I really want to share this mom. And she's like, okay. Um, and I think because I have handled my situation so well, is one why why my family shared it because if i was struggling you know, a lot you know it's something that i don't need to be posting really we would just kind of keep it to ourselves and handle it but i think because i handled it so positively um and just had so much faith in god and just trusted him throughout this journey is why a lot of people grabbed onto it um and kind of connected to it and wanted to follow along that's Let's our friend David. I love David. <laughs> I love him. Talk a little bit about the Adaptive Training Foundation because I think the world of David and I think the absolute world of what he's doing and the impact that he's making through the Adaptive Training Foundation. And um, Oh my gosh. When yes. I saw you were there, like immediately I texted him and I was like, I can't believe it. And he was like, she's every bit as amazing as you think she is. Oh, oh my gosh. That's so cute. Yeah. He is amazing. I like consider him like my dad. He's the best. I text him almost every single day and just, I love that man so much. Um, ATF, Adaptive Training Foundation is again i think such a god wink 25 minutes from my house could it could be anywhere in the world and it's 25 minutes from my house and it is a foundation where civilians and um veterans or anybody who's been in a traumatic accident or born with any type of disability um can go in and work out and learn how to work out um using normal um gym equipment they have classes that i was a part of um and it's like 
10 to 15 people um, and you have a trainer that is working with you, then an assistant trainer, and then uh, a plethora of volunteers and just amazing people who come in. And if you've been to the gym um, or just heard about it, you know just how special it is in there. It's not like a normal gym that you go into and everybody's kind of headphones on focusing on themselves um, or like a rehabilitation place where it's very kind of, I don't want to say depressing, but a lot of rehabilitation places yeah. I've been to, especially with mm -hmm. my level of injury, where I go and everybody's in power chairs or wheelchairs or has brain injuries or whatever it may be, as sad as it sounds, it's it's very depressing and very, I don't want to say scary, but I, it's not a good energy. You don't walk mm -hmm. out of there or roll out of there feeling good, you know. Um, but ATF is the complete opposite. It is a gym you go in, they're playing music, and there's so many people there to welcome you. And everybody is just so open and wants to tell you about their story and what they've been through. And they want to hear about you and what you're going through. And it's really a place like no gym I've ever been to. I've been to a lot of gyms <laughs> and I've been to a lot of places where I felt so at home. But ATF is just a whole new level of that. It's, and they I, I would live there if I could. Yeah. They really push you. They push you to the max. Yes, they do. It's a very, <laughs> it's a very strong gym and you have to be mentally, like ready to be challenged both mentally and physically. Um, but again, being an athlete and wanting to not let my disability define me it's the perfect place for me if if you are someone who has a disability or you know um struggles to work out or constantly finds excuses you are quickly going to be changed about <laughs> that because excuses have no place in there which i absolutely love because it's i don't know i just think it's funny like now i have every excuse in the world not to work out, you know? Um, yet I like working out more now than I did before. Um, mm. but it's funny again, like my peers, when I went back to school, my friends, um, and people in my classes would be like, Oh, I have a rolled ankle. Like I can't work out for like <laughs> three weeks. And I'm like, I'm going to work out after class. Like I don't, I can't drive. I can't even open the door to get inside the gym. I can't even hold the weights. I have to use, you know, gloves, but right. I'm going to work out for a few hours. It's just, it's amazing. But the gym makes me want to go in there and work out and give my best and push me outside my comfort zone. And it's, I mean, it, the vibe is just gravitating and it's so evident just from anybody who's been or just even on social media. Can you tell what? us about like that mental component? Because I feel like always like even people when they get older like I still feel young in my mind or like things like that what is it like do you still like you still feel like you can do everything you used to but you're just limited what is that mental yes. process like how do you have the strength Ooh. to keep going what's that like that's a really good question I think that's like my favorite question I've ever been asked um <laughs> <Danica>. <laughs> I feel no seriously I'm like oh I'm gonna I'm gonna write about this later um <laughs> That is so interesting because 
I feel both like mm -hmm. I am an 18 year old girl and a teenager and I still have a lot of energy and feel great. Um, but also my body feels like an older person just because it's been through so much, mm -hmm. you know, um, I would say I feel older than I am just because I struggle with a lot of things. I mean, just it's crazy because it still feels like yesterday that I walked and lived a normal life and yeah. went to school and just got in the car and everything. So it's it's interesting because I take a nap about every day and just because I'm tired um, and pushing myself in a wheelchair with like not all the function in my arms. Yeah. Um, is difficult and causes just a lot of tiredness and so i i feel young and i still act young um but i definitely have days where i just feel like an older person like sometimes i'm like i feel like i'm retired like i told my mom that because i'm like i feel like i'm retired because i don't really especially now i don't have to go to school mm -hmm. i just kind of do some computer work, read a book, go to a coffee shop, take my afternoon nap, and then go outside, eat dinner, and then go to bed early. But I love it. Um, it's interesting, though. I've never really thought about that. That was such a good question. But I think for you to say, like, you feel retired, think about what you're all doing. Like, yeah, you're doing a lot. You know, you're, think about what you're all doing in a day, not only from the physical aspect of it, but your social media platforms, your working out, your encouragement of others, your faith and your testament of faith. Like, I understand how you can think, you know, how you might think that, but man, don't think that. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I you just always feel like you can do more, you know. So, right. yeah. and you know, we're our we're our hardest critics on ourselves. But yeah. no, I'm. I've I think I've said this a little bit, but never like made it official. But um, I've always wanted to be an author since I was little, and I'm writing a book about my whole journey and everything. So I'm working on that a lot, which is oh. amazing. What'd you say? That just gave me goosebumps. <laughs> Oh, good. That makes me so excited. I, yes. yeah, I love it. I love it. I love it. Love it. School and school. I always loved English and writing and storytelling. So, um, yeah, that's something I'm spending a lot of my time on, but working out is my biggest priority. I it's guess. Right now. Yeah, yeah, it is. And then again, once I get home, my workout isn't an hour workout. I usually I have um, a personal trainer I work out with that's from ATF. Um, and I usually end up working out close to three hours. So when I get home, I eat and then sleep. Yeah, because I'm exhausted. Yes. Love that. Um, tell yeah. us a little bit about um, your max masterpieces. Yes, that was quite a while ago. Um, it was right after I was out of rehab, um, and just kind of, I couldn't really work out yet. I was still in a neck brace and a chest brace and just trying to find things that I enjoyed doing that I may have not enjoyed doing before. Um, but bring me peace and let me be creative and let me work, use my brain, you know? So, um, during rehab, I really found out that I loved painting. And I wasn't very good at painting before my accident. My sister is the 
um, artistic one of the family and I was more the athletic one um, and didn't have much patience. So I didn't really enjoy art or painting or anything like that. But um, during recreational therapy, um, during rehab, I realized that I really liked painting. Um, and that was one of the things I could do independently once I got set up with everything. So once I came home, I painted a lot. I thought it was really good for my mind, obviously, and then it was good for me to practice using my arms and my hands. Um, it's crazy now to look back on videos where I it looks like someone else's arms are on me and I'm trying to control them. Um, how I had no control over my arms and my brain and my arms, like they were connected, obviously, but they were not connected. They did not look like they're connected. Um, but Max Masterpieces was my paintings. And then again, we would do the daily updates on the social media on Facebook and Instagram. And I'd show my paintings and by no means are they good. They were, they were good for my situation, but people just really wanted them and were really just cheering me on for the painting and just loved them and thought they were awesome and wanted some of their own. So I was like, okay, well, I could do that because at the time, again, I wasn't working out and I just got home from rehab. So this is like a great activity for me to do to work on um, physical function and just to give me something to do, you know? Um, so I started selling those paintings and they sold out every single time without like within the day. Like sometimes like I think one time they sold out within like five minutes and I had like 10 paintings up and I was just like, who would want these paintings, you know, but people did. And it was, it was so cool to see pictures of people have my paintings hung in their house. And I was like, that does not look good, but I'm glad you like it. Uh, but yeah, it was really fun. I still paint now, but once school started um, and I did school cheer again, I got so busy that I didn't have time for that, but I still love painting. So we ask, last question, we ask all of our athletes who are on the top, what does athletes doing good mean to you? Ooh, I think athletes doing good to me means taking your God-given ability from God um, and your athleticism and using it for good, using it for something maybe you're inspired by or passionate about. Um, and using your platform that you've been given, that a lot of athletes have been given nowadays with social media, um, and using it for good. So it could be fundraising for the sport or um, women in sports or the youth or just giving back to their community or wherever they're from. I think that's so important and it's so cool. I love seeing athletes doing good with their their money that they get um, and just giving back to where they came from because we all started, a lot of us started from a small gym or, um, you know, just something local, like a local YMCA sport um, and then made it to the big league. So I think it's really cool when people don't forget where they're from and give back to those people who started them out. I love that. Well, you're definitely forever an athlete, Michaela, and you're always you. doing good with your message now. And we're so excited to follow along in your journey and everything that you're going to continue to do and you're going to continue to shine. Thank you so much.
Continue to do good, my friend. I will. All right.